The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning in today. I have a special guest, Anne Pinchak, with me. Anne is a Missing Link member and someone I've been working with one-on-one in my mentor membership program. In today's episode, we talk about how Anne went from walking around her home, holding onto furniture and walls with poor balance and poor walking technique, to now being able to walk around in the middle of a room without holding onto anything, including an assistive device, with better quality and reduced foot drop. Anne has noticed increased strength, balance, and perhaps most importantly, hope because of the success that she's been seeing from functional exercises in The Missing Link. I think you'll find many aspects of Anne's story relatable and also inspiring. Anne, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before we get into the main topic of our call today, just talking about your story and the benefits you've seen, I would love to ask you a question from my interview deck to help our listeners get to know you a little bit more. Is that okay with you? Yes, that's absolutely okay. All right. Sounds good. So shuffling. All right. Your question is, what is the nicest thing a stranger has ever done for you? Well, I guess when I first got married years ago, um, we went, we had a little Hobie cat on this tiny little lake and we went out in it and got stuck and we couldn't, we couldn't get back because there was no wind and really we didn't know what we were doing. So this stranger just came and towed us and we were freezing and gave us, you know, warm blankets and I just thought, well, that's really nice. So that was very nice. Wow, that is nice. I'm glad you were able to get back okay. Yeah, we, I think, got like dangerously cold. Oh my gosh. Oh, that sounds scary. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I know just because I've been working with you for a while, all the different benefits that you've been seeing from MS-specific exercises. However, can you first give us an idea of what type of MS you have, how long you've been diagnosed for, and just a little bit of your background. Uh, sure. I now have progressive MS. I started with relapsing remitting. My first symptom was in my 20s, and the doctor said, uh, with, with eye problems, the doctor said, could be MS, might be not. Don't worry about it. So 20 years later, I was diagnosed with MS. Um, because I have a lot of very dramatic symptoms and an MRI showed it. So I've had it now about 19 years, been diagnosed 19 years. 
Wow, that's crazy. You know, unfortunately, I hear that story so often where one of my clients will say, you know, well, I was diagnosed in this year, but I've had symptoms for 20 to 30 years before then. So it's unfortunately too, too common. I think that's getting better nowadays, though. I think it is. Yeah. So can you give our listeners an idea of what your mobility was like and just kind of where you were at mentally and physically before joining the missing link and working with me one-on-one? Sure. You know, I think in a lot of ways I was in denial. I would swing my leg. Um, I wouldn't bend my knee. I, and yet I, I didn't look at it as it really was. So I was in a lot of pain and um, I couldn't do a lot. I, I could just walk a few, a little bit, but with assisted devices. And um, it was, I was frustrated and hurting. Yeah, and in terms of mobility in your home or outside of your home, what did that look like? Were you consistently using a mobility aid or not? Were you falling? Was it challenging? How did that look? Well, I was along the denial mode. I would furniture walk. So I'd go, oh, I can walk. But but really, uh, I'd just be holding on from thing to thing or wall to wall. And then outside, I used to be very active and run, but I really couldn't go very far at all, even with a a rollator, um, because I hurt so much. So, you know, maybe even just a half a block, and, and that was the challenge. Awesome. Okay. So one thing that you've mentioned to me just on our calls together is that you feel like people with MS get used to hearing that they can't do things or believing that they can't do things, whether that comes from their doctors saying, oh, you know, you can um, pretty much guarantee you'll need a walker or something, or, or if it comes from yourself, like, oh, I can't bend my knee. I guess that means I'll never be able to bend my knee. And so we have these thoughts of, okay, can't do this thing, but then you've also experienced actually improving from that point. Can you talk a little bit about how how you feel people with MS actually can make a change, even though you've been told or feel like you can't? Well, I think for me, it's been really important to have someone who's positive and who believe, who's knowledgeable and who believes that I can change and has seen it in others. And I think it's very easy to get stuck when you have, I'd had a physical therapist in the past, the first one I ever saw just said to me, don't expect to get any better. And so when you start on your first day with that, it's easy one to get scared and discouraged. And then because I was working with people who weren't that knowledgeable, I really started to think I can't get better. And so when I work with someone who says, okay, do this exercise and I do it on a consistent basis. And one day it might be weeks later, all of a sudden I'm lifting my leg more. I can bend my knee. It's, it's really life-changing and it, it permeates everything because you, you have hope again. And that really changes everything. And so that's made a big difference. 
Yeah. And it's been cool watching you too, because even just thinking back to our very first day together, you know, I was watching you move around and you were moving so much different than you're moving now. So you can definitely see the improvements. Yeah. And, you know, that first day, because you were asking me to do things I really can't do, I was struggling not to cry. I'm like, oh my God, I really can't lift my toe or why can't I bend my knee? And so, you know, it got me to look at, okay, this is what reality is. And then where do I go from here? Yeah, and that's a really good point because a lot of the times the MS specific exercises can be very discouraging because they're hard for you to do. And oftentimes, as you literally just stated, you didn't realize how weak you were until you isolated that muscle group and you tried to lift your leg or do a movement with just one muscle group. So it can be defeating and discouraging. Can you explain just from your experience how the exercises that you and I have been doing, the MS specific exercises, how have those been different for you from other exercises you've done in the past, whether at physical therapy or just in a gym or elsewhere? Well, they're functional. So I, I can, a lot of, for me with MS is the neuroplasticity of it, getting the brain to talk to the muscle. And so when I'm standing up and trying to walk through a step, it connects something in the brain. When I tighten my glute and I push my heel down, that's a trigger point in my heel. So it says something to my glute, oh, tighten. And so doing it in, for me, this revolutionary functional way has let me improve faster and let me see reality but really make a difference. So I had gone from a functional, functional ther uh, physical therapist who said, don't, you know, you're not gonna get better to trying to work with people in gyms, trainers. And that was the flip side. They're like, oh, let's do these exercises. And they were pretty easy. You know, I could build my arm muscles or I could, so I was not doing the challenging parts. So it's a fine balance to do the challenging parts, but in a way that's not just repeating something and it's going to feel defeatist or so easy that it doesn't really make a difference. Right. Yeah, you're right. There, there is that happy medium where you're doing challenging work that's still effective and not too easy. Mm -hmm. It can be easy to focus on the easier things, though, I bet, just because it, you feel more successful with them. Right. Right. And that, you know, I think that people are well-intentioned um, and sometimes it does if someone's not trained with MS, it kind of can freak them out how much you can and can't do. And so they're like, well, let's start with the easy stuff and not get her discouraged, which is not particularly helpful. Right. I was going to say, that's the opposite of what you and I did. Yeah, it <laughs> you is. started with the hard stuff. Yeah. Can you share? Okay, so we've got an idea of how these exercises are different. You've seen improvements in so many different areas. Can you first start by sharing how you've seen improvements in different parts of your body, like your hip, your knee, your ankle, what improvements have you noticed? And just for our listeners too, you and I have been working together for just over three months. Is that right? Right. That, yeah. Um, so, so what improvements have you noticed there? I can lift my uh, leg more. So my hip flexor is stronger and that's been a combination of both the exercise and the stretching and massaging it. 
because you know it, it hurts it's not used to doing these things and then i can bend my knee when i walk back instead of swinging my leg which helps my back and so my hamstring is stronger and there again too stretching is a big part of it and then i can lift my foot uh more before you know i'd look at it and it wouldn't do anything and now i can lift it and there are times on a good day especially in the morning when it all clicks and comes together and i can also walk some without an assisted device which is really great awesome and are you still wall walking or furniture walking not as not as much and i'm really trying not to you've got a video on that and uh, I'm working on not wall walking and not using my hands to lift uh, my leg to try all of that myself. That's great. And there's two things you said that really stuck out to me. First, I love that you mentioned the strengthening as well as the stretching and the massage, because I think so many people who have difficulty walking only focus on the strengthening and they feel they think to themselves well, if I was just stronger I could do it and yes yeah, strengthening is a big piece of it but stretching and massage these other components balance those are also a piece of the puzzle so it's important to focus on all those areas yeah I think so and I also think visualizing in there so that I can just close my eyes and and imagine myself walking and I actually used to not be able to imagine it and now there are times I can actually imagine it in my brain. And then the other part of that with the stretching is also the not overdoing that exercise. Because if you think that by doing, by just getting stronger, you're gonna uh, get better and you do it too much, it's counterproductive. Because if I get tired by doing them too much in the morning and the rest of the day I'm swinging my leg or doing something funky, that's counterproductive. Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned improving your hip flexion. So lifting your knee, bending, bending your hip, as well as bending your knee and lifting your ankles are some of the movements that you noticed improvements in, which is amazing because those are the three big components you need for walking, for stair climbing. Can you explain how your mobility, just in your day-to-day -day life, in your kitchen, in your living room, how has your mobility changed within your home um, as well as outdoors? When I have energy and when I'm focused on doing it properly, I, I walk in a much more functional way, which means I put weight on my weak leg. I put my weight in the heel and I walk through and I let my leg go all the way back. And then I keep more weight on my right side and I lift my right leg up. So functionally, I can do things longer and I can stand and cook longer. When I'm standing, I make sure to put my weight on my right side some and I make sure my knees aren't kissing. And I've also let pain guide me because if it's really hurting, I know I'm doing something wrong because when I do it right, I don't hurt or I don't hurt as much. And that's been a real teacher too. 
Yeah, that's great. Just listening to your body because your body will tell you if you're doing something properly or not. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned you can stand longer. So can you give our listeners an idea of how long you could stand before you started doing the missing link exercises and now how long you can stand for? Well, I'm a, a nutrition nut. And so I make the meals in the house And so I had this vision of standing an hour and a half and making these great meals, but really after five minutes, I was hurting. And now I can, I can do about 30 minutes, maybe more on a good day. And I've cut down my ambitions about cooking. I've made it much simpler, and I've been able to stand longer, which makes for less pain all around. Yeah, I think that's great because, you know, there's two ways that we can improve things. And I like to focus on both, but one way is getting better strength and balance and endurance. And then the other thing is just making life easier. And you're doing both of those, you know, you're making easier meals so that you don't have to stand for an hour and a half, but you've improved your strength and your balance and endurance to the point where you can stand for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. instead of five. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. So, okay. We've talked a lot about physical benefits. What other benefits have you noticed? Um, Cause you and I have talked a, a decent bit about mood and energy mindset. Talk us, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, for me, everything stems from having this hope and doing the work and making difference in seeing progress So from that, really, it improves everything. It improves, I feel good about myself. My um, general mood is better. I'm happier. I have more energy. If I have something to do before, I might make myself do it. And now it's like, well, you know, I I am making progress. And it, you know, makes everything easier to do, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. And I think that's so important because if your mood is better and your energy and um, attitude all around, you just feel better. You feel lighter. You don't feel as weighed down and worried all the time about what's going to happen next or, or will you be able to do X, Y, and Z. So I think that plays a huge role that's not talked about enough. Yeah. And I think a part of that is just to be honest about it. Um, I don't, I definitely don't want to be a victim or a martyr. I also, I want to be honest. So my mood is better. So I can actually be a little bit more vulnerable. I can say, you know, I'm kind of scared about this, not fake it and soldier through, which I think is counterproductive. Absolutely. So I'm just curious, I would love for you to share what are some of the goals? You know, you've met a bunch of goals while we've been working together, but I know you have longer term goals out there too. Can you share with our listeners what you're working towards and and why you're still focusing even after um, our one-on-one is over, you're staying with the missing link. What are you hoping to work towards? Well, ultimately I want to hike in national parks with a Jack who's the love of my life. And then a shorter term, my younger son is getting married in September, and I want to walk with him down the aisle in a normal fashion. And then short term, I just want to keep that trajectory going so that I see maybe not every day, but over a week, over two weeks, over a month, that continued improvement. 
Uh, those are amazing. I feel, I feel like my heart smiles when I hear you say those goals. That is awesome. And, and what is your mindset on those? Do you feel like, yes, I think that's doable? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on reaching those goals? Well, I, I tell you, that's part of my mindset. I used to be very driven and in demand. Like this has to happen if it doesn't, you know, I'm somehow a failure. And so I've, I've changed the way I look at things. I, you know, growing up and as a kid, I, I didn't know anything about working out or athletics or because I played flute in the band. And so these people that are like, oh, I, you know, did this and that and I know about, I didn't. So I had no clue. I thought, well, if I work out a couple of days, I ought to be able to do it. So I had no patience. So what, what I do is I say, I control what I can do, which is I can work out every day, be mindful of how I'm feeling, how much I do. I can't control if I'm actually in X amount of time doing what my goal is. So I, I relinquish what I can't control and I control what I can control, which is what I do day by day. Yeah, that's such a great outlook because I, I also feel like that plays a role mentally as well. It just gives you control back while also having ease and not trying to um, make certain things happen at a certain time. Yeah, yeah. And I probably got there from doing it the wrong way many years and thinking I could control things I couldn't. But that long-term surrender and patience and trust and that short-term doing what I can so I have integrity with myself. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you are just a true testament to resilience and consistency. A lot of people will thank me for the missing link, but I always return it on them because I can give you the tools. I can tell you the exercises to do, but it is up to you to actually do them consistently, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. And so kudos to you for trusting the plan, staying with it and, and doing it consistently. Because again, even just seeing you through the camera, you can see the difference, just your posture, the walking. So I'm so proud of you and the effort that you've been able to put in. Oh, thanks. And it, you know, I can't say enough how much it is to have somebody who's positive and knows what they're doing. And the other piece of it is that it's a tiny steps thing that I do it day by day and maybe just start out doing a little bit. And so um, I think not trying to do everything, but tiny step by tiny step. Yeah, and I, I like that you mentioned that because I feel like that's almost how we guided the program for you as well. You know, we didn't focus on just walking all at once. We focused on strengthening. And then at a different time, we added in balance. At a different time, we added in the weight shifting. So all these different components, we did kind of approach in that way. Yeah, yeah. It's a very well thought out what do you need to work on first so that you're not diving in and feeling discouraged? I think um, the best way to get better at something is to feel successful in what efforts you're making. So it's designed to feel successful along the way, which right. I appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. 
So one thing that our listeners don't know about you yet is that you've been working on a certification uh, before we met, but you just completed it yesterday, I believe it was. Can you tell us about that certification and what you're doing and where we can find you if we want to get in touch with you? Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, Yeah, I totally changed careers when I was diagnosed with MS and over time got more and more interested in health. So first took a nutritional therapy program and then got well certified in her protocol and then recently completed a functional medicine health coaching class uh, that's affiliated with the Institute of Functional Medicine. So it's about supporting people in their journey. And since I've been on that journey, um, I know what it's like. And so people can find me uh, at Instagram, it's at Ann Pinchak, or Facebook is Ann Pinchak, and uh, my website, which will be up in about six weeks, will be annpinchak.com. Awesome. And I will put those links in the show notes. So if anyone's looking for them, just go to their show notes and you'll be able to find Ann in there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate you sharing your story, um, you know, where you were before the missing link, where you are now and, and where you're hoping to go. I think it's so inspiring hearing from someone who is in it with you, you know, you're putting in the work and seeing the results from that. So thank you so much for being with us and for sharing your story. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.